Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. (laughs) Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Interstate Heating. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! Ha ha ha! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooters Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors uh, with Tom... Dan. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite a pause. Uh, Greg, on the boards, and I'm John Lehman just hanging around. I thought you said you didn't have anything written in that book. I don't. Oh. (laughs) That's why I make so many mistakes. You're just reading the blank page, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, good morning, guys. Good morning. Looks like we had some dew or mist or something overnight, you know, you know, everything's wet all, all a little I, bit. All I know is my computer's not working. Yeah, I know. Here. Bushy's playing with the computer. No, I'm trying to run this network diagnostic tool. Oh, so boy. So here it is. This tool helps you identify any connectivity problems. Okay, so then you click on Next, and it says it's detect- Windows detected computer contains both uh, wireless network and wired. So you got to click on whichever one you want, so it's wired. So I click on that and go Next. Okay. Windows has detected a connection problem. Well, no kidding. That's why I'm on this troubleshooting thing, okay? <laughs> and then you click, I verified that the cables are connected. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to do this. Uh, so I clicked, I verify the cables are connected. I click next, and it says Windows is checking connectivity. So you're thinking it's supposed to be, you know, detecting, right? Here's yeah. what comes up next. Consult your computer manufacturer's troubleshooting information. <laughs> I thought this was a troubleshooter. Yeah. I've never seen every computer I've ever been on oh, when you try yeah. and, you know, you, you go on and you can detect the problem. Yeah. It never detects anything. Oh. Yeah. And then it says, do you want to send a report? Send, yeah. Do you I, want to send it? Do I, or, here's, here's what it says. Run again. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to sit here and do this all day. <laughs> over and over now again. Now I just click on finish. Like, boy, I really accomplished a lot there. Yeah, and everything's plugged in too. So you know, I'm so so tired of technology, and that's worse. Companies are bringing it into our life. You can't do anything without having to fill out a survey now. You buy something online, yeah. Dude, you, would you mind doing this survey? The whole world's gone survey crazy. Even at even at grocery stores, right? When you check out, they give you the slip, and then they say, "Oh, on the bottom, if you'll please take our survey." At- well, I- People have never met a survey they didn't, didn't fall in love with. Pretty soon it's going to be, you're going to go to the John, and as you'll be sitting there right on the door, it'll say, hey, when you're done using the stall, would you, <laughs> would you mind asking, answering a few questions about your experience? And I thought uh, this was supposed to be bringing us to a paperless society. No, I, I, I like papers. Matter of fact. So do I. Yeah, I. Uh, this whole thing with oh, yeah. computers and everything 
Uh, thank you, Gore. Well, you know, one, the trees, you know, not... one of the things that you know, uh, the U.S. Postal Service, uh, they say they're losing money every year, right? Well, you got to remember that a lot of people don't mail letters anymore. They don't mail their checks in for payments for this. Everything's done over the computer. They people send emails or, or what do they call those? Not tweets. Uh, fact. Uh, text. Texts or emails, a, uh, they, they they don't send letters. You know, automatic they, payments all, from auto, banks. Auto payments and that, yeah. So you know, people aren't mailing as much as they used to, and I think that's why the government wants to put a a little surcharge on every time you know you use that you send something out. They want to get their tenth of a penny or something. What do you, you mean get, a surcharge? Well, they they've been trying for years, but it's always been shot down that they want to charge you for you know sending a an email. You know, like like a tenth of a penny, and people think, ah, what's a tenth of a penny? Yeah, well, think about how many times you use your email, and how many think about how many millions and millions of people do that every day. It's a lot so of the, money. So the post office has been wanting to do this, then. Huh? Well, the government, the government wants to get their fingers in it. You know, they want to get well, a little have to extra do is, slush fund. All they got to do is donate to the Clinton Foundation. It'll go through automatic. Yeah, It'll yeah, be taken exactly. care of. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get you. But anyway, yeah. So I just want to remind everybody that you can either contact us by phone, which is 414-799-1250, if you have any questions or comments, or you can contact us by live email, which I'm looking at right now at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And if you ever want, you can go on our website, which is ceoguys. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Our email is ceoguys at yahoo.com. Did I say that? I can't remember. Anyway, or go to Me our either, uh, you can always go to our, our website. Kicking in. Our website is ceoguys.com. But we got a couple of email guys. Okay, let's you. get to some live ones. All right. Here. Uh Robert, a regular listener, says Here's two songs. I think this is meant for you, Bushy. Okay, hold on. Here's two songs. Thanks, Robert. To con- let, me, let me get my pen yeah. here. Okay, two, shoot. Two, here's two songs to consider. Hunting, Fishing, and Loving by Luke Bryan. Hunting, Fishing, and Loving. by Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. And with Halloween coming up, it's They're Coming to Take Me Away, haha, by San- Jerry Samuels. Coming well, to that's, take that's John. That's John's me. theme song. <laughs> By who? Uh, Jerry Samuels. Jerry yeah. Samuels. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha ho ho he he to the funny farm to the well, happy place. <laughs> the song that comes to my mind is the Monster Mash this time oh, of yeah. year. They oh did yeah. Oh yeah. That and it's then the Monster uh, Mash. And then we got another one here. Oh, we have uh, here. Let me just. Bump on this one. I hope this comes up. Uh, we'll see. Let's see now. Download all. God, don't you just love computers? Hope it's not a, a troubleshooter. I hope not. Here, no virus detected. Okay, here we go. Uh, this incoming message is full of viruses. Here we go. <laughs> Your uh, computer this, will blow up in five seconds. This is the Okachi Fishing Club newsletter for oh, November. So what's, and what they have basically is November 1st. Is that Monday? November yep. 1st? Okay. No no, 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 it's Tuesday. 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 The Okachi Fishing Club has their uh, bi-weekly or every two-week meetings on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Okay. Uh, so November 1st, Mark Krumpetich, the professor, will be uh, speaks on musky fishing local lakes. And that's from 7 to 9.30. But the speaker doesn't go on until 8 or 8.30. 
So, uh, and then on, this is a good one here too. Uh, November 15th, Jim Kessinger will speak on fall fishing the Fox River system. And I imagine he's talking about uh, up there by De Pere and Green Bay. So that's coming up at the Okachi Fishing Club, and that's always held at uh, the Knights of Columbus off of Greenfield. I forget the actual address. 92nd. Yes, you are right, John. 92nd, just south South of Greenfield. Yeah. So uh, that's coming up. As a matter of fact, the darn Packers are playing um, at 3.30, and I wanted to go up to the Fox River because Sunday's tomorrow's supposed to be a beautiful day. I mean, my son and I wanted to go up there, but it doesn't give us enough time, you know, to go up there and get back in time for the game. But we could always listen to it on the radio. Yeah, you can miss the game. I don't like missing games. I don't like. I I, I really enjoy sitting in front of that boob tube watching the game. Who do the Packers play? Atlanta. Oh well, they're just going to lose anyway, so well, I, I even got to worry about it. Well, okay. So okay, we're done with those emails. And uh, so that's about it. But the Fox River, I'll tell you what, this is the time of the year to go up to the Fox River. As a matter of fact, a little colder, the better it gets. Um, that river system is so good. I mean, and it's not just walleyes. I mean, you can catch a smallmouth, you could catch a muskie, you could catch a pike, a white bass. Heck, you could even catch a carp or a, a lake trout. You know, you never now, know what the heck you're going to Now, where catch would up. Tom Newbauer go up by the dam? No. Not no. always, no. Oh, Tom Newbar would no. sneak the secret I, spots I down would, river. Yeah, there are. Oh, there are so many good areas. Yeah, are there are so many. Kind of like areas. in little flats but, off the river channel. Well, even I'll, at the launches. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I would, I will stop at the dam when we go up there this okay. year. I will go up there in that area. I will, but you know, you really got to look at your locator because those uh, the walleyes that are on the on the deep drops, you know, on right. the edges, you know, you watch your locator and you look for those, you know, and, uh, but yeah, there'll always be some fish up by the dam always, but there's places, uh, downstream North cause that flows North. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird when you say downstream, downstream North, North. Gotcha. cause the river flows North, but like the Fort Howard paper company, yep. that that's a great, they got a, a warm water discharge there and there's always bait fish there and there's always game fish feeding on those. And then you go up at the mouth and you got, what 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 plant is that? There's a big plant that's on the east side of yeah, the river. Yeah, they got a warm water discharge yeah, there as well. Yeah, that's another good one too. But also that, uh, I forget the name of the creek. It's not really a river. It's it's not really a creek. It's in between. Baird's uh, Creek. Uh, it's it's right by the uh, uh, Coast Guard station. It's right over okay. there, and that and that winds way up. But there's a lot of walleyes in there too. But maybe where the East River branches out. Maybe that's it, East River. Yeah, and then you know, and but there's so many places up and down that river for those fish to go into. As a matter of fact, there's a, a, a marina mm-hmm. on the on the west side of the river. There's a marina over there that, and and it's slack water. You know, a lot of those fish like that slack water where you know you got the water, especially if the gates are open and the water's flowing. You know. So you'll have the slack water, and then you'll have that current edge. Yep. And especially, you know, walleyes and smallies, they'll sit in that current edge, and as bait goes by, they jump out and grab it. So that marina is a good place for that. You know, it is is amazing, Tom. Now, I grew up fishing the East River, and it was nothing in Fox. Once in a while, we'd ride our bikes there and fish from shore for carp and bullheads. It was Mm -hmm. nothing but just the cesspool. But even at that time in the 70s, the East River connected to some creeks that go yeah. off 
They go way up. They go I way mean, up. You're, you're, fact, you're in people's right, backyards. Right off, right <laughs> off, kind of off 172 now, there's a couple of truck stops. If you go over the, the bridge the, um, past the penitentiary and head head uh, head on 172, heading basically east, I guess, um, now it's all built up. But years ago, it was farm fields, and Dad used to bow hunt there. In one year, this in the 70s now, he was up in his tree, and he kept hearing all this splashing in the creek down below. And he thought there were deer coming across, and then he, nothing came, and he heard it and heard it. So it, he finally walked down there. There were a couple of big salmon in there. Oh, yeah. So salmon, back then, even when it was a cesspool, mm-hmm. were coming in the Fox River, going all the way up the East River, going all the way into these yep. creeks, going way up into the middle yeah. of nowhere. Nobody would have thought of salmon yeah. running into the Fox yeah. River. And that's why, you know, years ago, you know, in, in spring— Every, you see so many guys up by the dam, right, up in De Pere. They see all these people, all these boats up by the dam. But you go in that East River. I mean, walleyes, okay, they're coming, a lot of them are right, coming out right. of the bay. I mean, the East River's right there. There's current flow. They, they go right into that. So, you know, there's a lot of other good well, places on the river. Here's the thing. Uh, I drive over the East River there all the time, and I never see anybody no. fishing there, ever. No, and I don't. thought, I think to myself, you know what? And it's just a shallow little muddy river. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guarantee there's walleyes in there. Yeah. And I guarantee you could probably fish from shore and throw a leech out on a slip sinker or whatever. You could catch walleyes yeah. right from shore in the East River. It, it, Nobody's yeah. targeting them. Especially in spring. Now, if you would, you know, years ago in the, let's say, late, uh, let's say all through the 80s, you would have seen me in there every now and then because I would go in there. Did and you you're really? right. Oh, yeah. I went there all the time. And the funny thing is, you're right. There, I'd never see anybody else. Nobody. And we'd catch walleyes there, and sometimes you catch a large mouth, a small mouth. You know, you never know what you're going to catch. And one time I had a couple of guys up there. We were up by the dam fishing. And the one guy's bringing in this really nice fish. I thought it was going to be a really big walleye. And and he brings it in, and, and it's like, what? The is that a lake trout? No, that can't be a lake trout. It was. Two of them they caught. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, are you kidding me? You know, yeah, you, you wouldn't think of uh, the Lake Michigan fish being no, all the way down no. in the lower bay, but it, there matter, are some. Yeah. And a matter of fact, uh, I was doing a TV show up there, you know, for Outdoor Wisconsin, and we were up there, and there was a boat, and he catches a fish, and we asked him to hold it up so we could, uh, you know, tape him. He catches this big old salmon, you know? He's holding up the salmon, and it's squirting eggs out, and it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're, it's it's like wow, this is just it was and, just weird. And there's pike that go oh, up, uh, yeah, you that, up that East River and go into some yeah. of those uh, spawning areas. Yeah. Nobody ever no. fishes and for a pike. lot and a lot of big muskies up there. As a matter of fact, when we come back from this break, I got to tell you guys about the monster muskie that was caught on the Bay of Green Bay last week. Ooh, this was a big one. So stay tuned for that and more on the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the, what are we anyway? I forget, uh, the cutting edge outdoor. John, help me. 
<laughs> Welcome back to the Interstate Heating Studios. Studios. You this is right the there. Midwestern Shooter Supply <laughs> Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah. This is uh, Dan Bush, a wealthy landowner from Douglas County. And as, as all the wealthy landowners, my fellow wealthy landowners in Douglas County, we're getting excited for the big vote coming up. Got to vote for a candidate that will support wealthy landowners from Douglas County. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, got that. Oh, what's your story now? You're going to tell us the story. Oh, the, the big break. fish up there uh, reported this past week a 55 by 29 muskie. And for those of you who don't know what that means, 55 inches long, 29 inches in diameter. No, it's not on the computer. Uh, <laughs> that's what you're How'd doing. you hear? Uh, over, at the, over at Smokey's Muskie Bait and Tackle oh, Shop. Oh, they told you? Yeah, uh, so 55 inches long, 29 inches in diameter. I assume it was released because they estimated it at 50 pounds. Now, that's more it, than it, 50 pounds. It wasn't dude. weighed. That's 60 pounds. Well, man. we don't. Joe Earhart's 53 well, and a half inch fish was 26 inch girth, weighed 48 pounds nine yeah. ounces. Well, the, you know, sometimes I. <laughs> You know, when people measure things, it depends on how they measure it and wrapping around, you know, for the diameter and everything. And and an actual weight is different than an estimated See, weight, now, you know. Now, here's what I I wouldn't, what I've been but planning. But it was definitely a big fish. Here's what I've been planning on doing. Because um, years ago, before the catch and release, I always felt that weight was, listen, I'd rather catch a 39-inch, 20 pound pike than a 40 inch 18 pound. I always mm-hmm. thought weight was, you know, in fact, years ago, the Vilas County, the one Tony Rizzo used to be in the all the time. Marathon. Was, they yeah. didn't, didn't measure how long it was. It no, was weight. So it was now always weight. it's yeah. great that we catch and release, but it's gone all to measurement. So then mm-hmm. everybody's got a guesstimator. Well, it's on a formula. It's between this and that. You know, I, I'm a, I like to know exact. So I was asking uh, Ben, our fish biologist here, if it would Ben Heisner? Yeah. yeah. If, what if a guy got like one of the nice uh, replacement net like you use for a big musky net, all rubberized and nice, and you were to use that like a kind of a sack and then just had a nice certified scale yeah. to weigh them? He says, yeah, that's kind of how they, the DNR weighs. They, they have use, those, yeah. 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 They're like it, a cradle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I would think... <clears throat> If I were to spend any amount of time fishing up there where you're truly trying to catch monster fish, rather than catch and release a, a, a whatever, 55-inch with a 29-inch girth and forever guess and say it was about this pound weight, I would want to weigh the son of a gun and then release it. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a world record, you can release it right into your dead well as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now, I know they, they, they'd cut your nuts off for doing it. You know, you'd, you'd be, you know. You know what? If somebody... They got a, they got a special... <laughs> Special uh, special neighborhood for people who keep muskies to live right next to child molesters. They're all sequestered <laughs> off over there in that bad area. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, I never, I could never figure it out. And I know I'm going to really tick off a lot of uh, muskie ang- anglers here, but I could never understand why muskies were put on that pedestal when God and the DNR will keep growing more. You know, I mean, it. I mean, I mean, okay. I understand them being put on the pedestal for being the the biggest, baddest fish in the lake. Okay, I understand that. Right. But uh, as far as this pedi- pedi- uh, put them on a pedestal that everyone's got to be released. You never want to keep any of them. Blah 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 blah. You know, so they can just die of old age. I mean, if the DNR says it's legal for you to keep one a day, if a person were to do that, but 
if you want to keep it, you know, you can recommend to people, you know, hey, maybe you ought to think of this, maybe you should do this or whatever. But if that person wants to keep it, so what? Let them. So what? I agree. You know, don't give the person a hard time. I, I agree. It's yeah. their right. It, Who it, died and left you in charge? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if that guy wanted to keep that 55 well, by 29, that'd be an awesome mount. No, I and I I am I am with the down with the oh. catch and release. Uh I you know, Muskie's Inc did a great job of preaching it. That Muskie's that weren't as prevalent, you know, Tom, years ago and now yeah, there's now. great fisheries exist everywhere. Yes. Lot, thanks in part to uh to the DNR. Catch and, Catch and, and catch release, and release but yeah. there is kind of a, a double standard. Like years ago, Milwaukee chapter Muskie's Inc., which I'm a member, would have their winter fishery, and uh, there was no catch and release. There were a couple of frozen pike and perch laying outside the waterfront door, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And some of those probably never made it to the fillet knife, you know. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that we got to have a let's give the respect to the other species as yeah, well. Yeah, that too. Hey, listen, we Tex has been holding on. We 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 got to get the Tex on the line here. Hey, good morning, Tex. Thanks for holding. We do appreciate it. Oh, that's all right. I ain't got nothing better to do but drive through. So. Oh, okay. So I hope you got a Bluetooth or something that you don't have to hold the phone in up to your ear. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Hey, it's funny you guys are talking about trophies because uh, I'm not I'm not really a trophy hunter, but. When I do trophy hunts, this is the weekend that we always went up to uh, Big Bay to knock to fish for the trophy walleye in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know. It kind of slowed down, so I hadn't gone in a while. But my que- I had a question for you, Tommy. Uh, when you go up there to the Fox River there and fish those, for those trophy walleyes, is it the whole river, the mouth of the river, that you can only keep one? That's that's it, in the spring. Uh, up to a certain bridge, or no, in, in the spring, it's the whole. It actually, it's the whole Bay of Green Bay. It's really? not just the river, but the Bay of Green Bay. You can keep one fish over twenty-eight inches, and then once the season opens uh, everywhere else, you know, then you can keep the three fish over. I think it's fifteen. So oh, uh, okay, I got you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's the I whole. Had, uh... Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. The uh, uh, I was talking to one of my old timer friends that fishes all the time for perch, and he was he's up there a little Butamore, and uh, he said this year they got a ton of gobies up in there, and uh, it's a good thing they didn't open the locks up in Menasha there, uh, otherwise they would have been in Winnebago big time. So I don't know what they're going to do about opening those locks up, but. That's uh, that's going to be a problem if uh, the pleasure boaters raise some more cane about, you know, because they were ultimate goal is they were wanting to ride their boats all the way from Green Bay all the way up into Winnebago. And oh, sure. A way to keep the gobies out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but it, I had a question. Hey, can I throw something in the uh, uh, trading post? Yeah, go right ahead. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to sell my pickup. I got a 14 uh, uh, Ram pickup. It's a uh, uh, crew cab with a six and a half foot box on it with a nice uh, camper shell that opens on the sides and all and got camo uh, bug shield and camo uh, uh, window vents on the sides and all that and uh, fortunately I got a seller so I was right. wondering if I could put that in there sure what's your uh, phone number text okay it's 920 yeah 475 mm-hmm. 6858 now, what what kind of truck is that again? What's the brand? Uh, Ram. 
Is that Dodge a Ram? Is that a fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred? It's a fifteen hundred outdoorsman package okay. on it, so it has skid plates and uh, okay, that's, duty rear end that's, and everything. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. I'll bring yeah. it up during the trading post, okay? Yeah, I appreciate I'll, it. I'll bring but it anyway, up. Yeah. So well, look forward to seeing you up there on Green Bay sometime. All right. Well, you'll see Danny up there. Thanks for listening. All Tex. right. Thanks, Tex. You Thanks. take it easy. All right. Thanks, Tex. You guys have a great day. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen, folks, we got to take another break. Coming up next will be the gut report, and then after the 645 break, we'll be playing Hornswoggle, where you can win a wonderful prize, a $10 gift certificate from uh, Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages. So uh, I guess, you know, you got to stay tuned because there's more stuff here presented by the Interstate Heating out there in Sussex. They do more than just heating. They also do cooling. You got a problem with your furnace? Call Interstate Heating. They'll be over there quickly and do it properly. We'll be right back with more. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by V. Marchese Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, you know, folks, there are things called butternut and acorn squash. Now, some people have not tried them, and some, many people have. But this is so easy to do, and it's just delicious. You take a butternut or acorn squash, you cut it in half, take out the seeds, put it in like a baking dish or a, or a cookie sheet pan or whatever. You put it skin, uh, skin side up, which is fleshy side down, and you bake it at a, you know 350 to 400 degrees until it's soft. takes about an hour, maybe a little over an hour. And you poke a fork just to make sure it's soft. You'll see that the skin turns like a brownish color. It'll start to burn a little bit, which is fine. And you take it out. You let it cool down a little bit. And then you scoop or either peel the skin off or scoop the flesh out of it, put it in a big bowl. And then you add, and sometimes you might have to put it in a kettle on the stove to warm it up. And you add a half a stick of butter and a half a cup of brown sugar. Depending on the size of the squash, you might want to put a little less in or a little more in. It depends if it's a real big one or a smaller one. And you mix that up with a potato masher. I'll tell you, it is so darn good. Now, I've tried butternut squash and acorn squash without the brown sugar, and it's uh, it's not very good. <laughs> but you got to have the brown sugar in it. And then the thing is, is that a lot of people make pumpkin pies this time of year. Oh, yeah. Make it with an acorn or butternut squash. Make the squash pie. Because, you know, pumpkin is nothing more than a squash. Yeah. So you make it with this squash, and then you, of course, with the brown sugar and butter, you add a little cinnamon and nutmeg and whatever. Make it the way you do the, the pumpkin pie, you know, add your spices in, and then make it out of the acorn squash. You'll surprise a lot of your guests. It's, it's really delicious. So yeah. give that a shot. It really is. So anyway... Uh, the Gut Report was brought to you by V. Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V. Marchese Bro Produce. Sal is the, the squirrel hunter. And he <laughs> insists on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. As a matter of fact, uh, when I stopped over by John's uh, Thursday, I dropped off uh, butternut squash. And Loie, your wife, asked me, how do I make it? 
So I guess she's never made it before, huh? Okay, Excuse now let me, me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. Okay. You just cut it like into You cut into, it in cut half. It, cut it, cut it. And Le- then you Le- could then you could just put some brown sugar on it and put it in the oven. No. No. Doesn't work. Well, Doesn't well, work. How'd I mess up? No, you you got to take out the seeds, you bake it until it's all soft, then you scoop everything out into a kettle and then add your brown sugar and butter. You might have to put it over the stove to reheat it, you know. My to, mom used to do squash like, like 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 right in with the outside. You you can, but it doesn't really permeate everything as well as if you scoop out all the insides and then mix it all up. I use a potato masher, you know, to make it smooth and mix it all up. Oh, but yeah, you can do that, but I just But yeah. it's, you know, that stuff is so <laughs> hack, good. A hack like me would I, just cut you know, it up yeah. and Throw some brown yeah. sugar on it. You know what I? You know what I think. Wash uh, it down with well, a you know, cold I'll tell one. You, It'd be one of, great. Hey, one of the other things you can do is you can peel it, and then chop it up into cubes and put it on a baking sheet and sprinkle your butter and brown sugar on it and then throw it in the oven like that too. Brown you sugar is pretty much good. I love brown sugar yeah. on ham. Is, you, you can Tom, put that on anything and make it taste good. Thomas, <laughs> is brown sugar good for you? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I'm a little worried about depends. you. Now, your doctor gave you some orders a while ago. so No, no, he didn't. Yeah, I, just, he, he, I did it myself. Oh, you get you put yeah. yourself on? Yeah. How are you sticking yeah. with that so Oh, far? good. I lost about 25 pounds so far. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah doing all right. Yeah, you're doing but, good. But, you know, the thing is, you, you, you're never going to get away. Like I said, I tried the butternut squash without the brown sugar, and it was nasty. <laughs> I didn't like it. So well, you, you got to... Add something to it. You know so that I... means the butternut squash really isn't good. It's all about the sugar. It's all about the sugar. <laughs> it's whatever. You it's know, all half about the things the sugar. you eat. Half the things you eat aren't good. Yeah, unless it's the you crap add... you put on them exactly. and how you cook them. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you know John over here, Grizzly Adams. He's he's cooking possums and roadkill and you know. Oh, muskrats at the Monkey see- Island and I don't even hey, season it. You know. You know, on uh, Netflix, I've been watching this series. Uh, I, I go through it real quick. Uh, it's called Meat Eater. Yeah. And I, the I guy saw. goes around the world and uh, hunts. He's a hunter and fisher, but mainly a hunter. And then after they kill whatever it is, then they eat it. Well, he was down in South America with the South American Indians, and uh, and they'd go out in the woods, and the guy, one of the Indians, he shoots a monkey. And I guess how and the guy called them they were howler monkeys. Howler monkey. Yeah. So he shoots this monkey and he he says that, you know, this is a big part of their diet down there. And they they cook that they cook up that musky I mean that that monkey whole. You know, they take off the skin, but they leave the head on, the feet, the tail and everything, and they cook that baby up whole and then the guy's sitting there with a hunk of Do they put it on well, like a spigot and no, actually they the boil monkey? actually they boiled it and then they browned it over fire, crisp it crisp the skin up you know and this guy the meat eater he no uh, he's you know he's going no i've never eaten a primate before no but i'll give hell. it a, and then after Would i eat a monkey yeah after he starts chewing on it he says it's a little tough but you know what tastes like chicken he says it's not bad monkey meat tastes just like chicken <laughs> he says, it's not bad but uh at, at first he was a little hesitant but Got through it. Yeah, you know, it I was bad. Uh, I'm gonna throw kudos out. A buddy of mine, Jake, owns Carly's over there in Pewaukee, and I was always talking. He's got squ- monkeys. No, no. <laughs> um, I, I was always talking uh, squirrel hunting a lot. So his son Brody uh, has gotten fired up about squirrel hunting now, and uh, Brody was out with a buddy. I think he was on some trip somewhere. I don't know what he was. It wasn't with it. I don't think he was with his dad. He shot a chipmunk. 
He skinned the chipmunk and roasted it over a fire and ate it. Mm. There's not much there. And his dad asked him, how was it? And he says, well, not too good. But he did it for the experience of, yeah. there you go, going out and having the having the yeah. guts to Start your own roast, fire. A, roast a chipmunk yeah. and, and actually eat it yourself. For well, a kid, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is. My Show son, some grit. Uh, my son in grit. Arizona, he uh, that when they were bear hunting a number of years ago, three years ago, no, I forget, no deer hunting, and uh, when they were on their way back to camp, he this is down in Arizona. He uh, shot a jackrabbit, or is that what they have down there, jackrabbits? Yeah, they got jackrabbits yeah, in Arizona. Jackrabbit. It's the Arizonian yeah, jackrabbits. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, he shot, related all the way back to the dinosaurs. Yeah, he shot one of those with I I don't know what he used to shoot it with, but anyway, he shot one of those right. And then he gutted it and skinned yep. it and washed it all out, put it on a stick over the fire, you know, yeah. and thought it was, you know, roasted it all up and then put some salt and pepper on it. I know what's going to happen. Oh, did he get the runs? Oh, really? oh, oh really? did he get it? Yeah, about an hour later, he said uh, he had a run out of his tent because, oh, and he said all night he was just Well, sick. it's a known fact that you have to <laughs> thoroughly cook your jackrabbit. Well, I think he did, but you can't I don't have know. any pink. He didn't bring his Coleman meat thermometer. No, he didn't. The Coleman Wilderness hey. meat thermometer. And you know, we carry know, it with your flashlight yeah, you, and compass. You know how we like to eat like venison and elk. You you leave it a little rare, medium yeah, rare, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Right, right. Well, I learned on this show that bear meat. Never, Don't do that. Never hey, leave it. Yeah, dude. that's right. You get trichinosis. Yeah, I know. Bear meat, you gotta fully every, cook it. Yeah, every wealthy landowner from Douglas County yeah. knows that you gotta either thoroughly cook your bear meat. I read. I did a little research online before I I did my big bear hunt years ago, and evidently freezing at a certain temperature for a certain length of time mm-hmm. can kill trichinosis as well. Okay. Yeah. Now, don't take my word for that out there, everybody. Cook it but, thoroughly, anyway. But uh, <laughs> freeze, freeze it for a year <laughs> and cook the crap out of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like like uh, pork used to be have trichinosis. Now that now no, not it. it. Well, that's because they used to feed garbage to, yeah. which sometimes might have dead rodents in it and stuff. And so for pork, not nowadays they raise pork much nicer than that. So. Yeah. So it's been, a, but even a wild boar and stuff, that's a thing too. You got to yeah, think about that. Yeah, you got to watch out for wild boar. Could yeah. have the, the tricky trichinosis. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of tricky, up next is going to be the Hornschwaggle game. And you can, and it's brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and, uh, and Sausages in McGuanago. You can win a $10 gift certificate by just answering two out of three questions hey. correctly that Bushy's going to give you. Maybe Tex will call again if he's in range yeah. because uh, he didn't win last no, time. No, he we did not. Bad. He did not. So anyway. 799-1250 uh, is the number. Yep. 414-799-1250. Call in right now to be a contestant on the Hornschwaggle, and we're going to do that right after this break. You are listening to John Lehman, Dan Bush, Tommy the True Neubauer, Greg on the boards, and we'll be right back with more. The Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the Interstate Heating Studios. This is the Midwestern Shooter Supply, cutting edge outdoors. And uh, on the line, Tommy, the true, I believe we have Brandon. Is that correct? Yes, uh, that is. Got Brandon for our Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Spit it out, Dan. Contestant. Well, apparently, Brandon didn't want to hold on, so he is no longer oh. on oh. hold. So. And then we had all those other callers, and you had to say, I'm sorry, well, we've got a contestant. So well, whoever wants to be contestant on the Hornswoggle, call in now. Yeah, First call, caller, you'll get on. Yeah, 414-799-1250. Sorry, Danny. Yeah, That's okay. 799-1250. Call right now, and you can be the contestant. Well, uh, yeah. in between here... Um, we had the two Charlies Muskie tournament, three Charlies Muskie tournament last week, Tom. Yeah. It was a big success. Big success. And guess, Tom, who got the biggest fish? Dennis Radloff, and a 46-incher. The Muskie Hunter. And Don the Muskie Hunter. Don the Muskie Hunter. And what happened was Dennis was casting and he's working a slammer, and this uh, Muskie comes in and he goes to make his turn on a figure eight and the thing spots a sucker yep. and nails it and just takes off with it yeah so all the kudos go to don the musky hunter because he rigged the sucker and yeah so good to see dennis out there fishing having a good time so it's a good uh, good group of people and uh over a thousand dollars was raised which will go into some uh, musky stocking next fall. Yeah, twelve hundred, I think. Twelve hundred, gotcha. Okay, and uh, a lot of muskies were caught. And I want to thank uh, Don. Really, he did a heck of a job. He bought all of the sausage, all of the buns, and uh, we had other ones in there that were cooking them. I'm gonna forget all our names, but we had so much help from the people that came to the tournament. I really appreciate that and thank everybody for doing it. And I'm forgetting a lot of names. I know that. Right. Okay. So we got our contestant. We do have a contestant. We have John and West Bend. Hey, good morning, John and West Bend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Excellent. Okay. So you know how Hornswoggle works? Yes, I do. Okay. So here we go. Um, you know, being as it's hunting season, I've got, you know, guns, rifles, bullets on my brain. So here we go. Uh, the 300 Savage. The 300 Savage is more powerful than the 300 Win Meg. Hornswoggle, no Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. That's a Hornswoggle. Very good. The 300 Savage was actually, if you want to know the history, it was actually designed to be an in-between power round between the 3030 and the 3006. Okay. I can hear his dog panting. Made Maid Savage <laughs> could be his girlfriend. Sorry. Um, anyway. No, uh, it is my dog. We're getting ready to go pheasant hunting. Hey, oh. all right. Today is the opener. We'll have to, uh, hang on. We'll chat about that after Hornswoggle real quick. Um, the uh, copper bullets. Copper bullets are popular nowadays. Problem with copper bullets in big game rounds is they offer less penetration than lead. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Uh, I would think they'd go at least as far as the lad, so I'm going to go uh, no Hornswoggle. You mean it, okay, so that would be Hornswoggle because I said copper bullets have less penetration. Oh, yeah, they'd have at least equal penetration. Okay, good, yeah, you kind of get, it's confusing on Hornswoggle, so, so yes, you are correct. Like Barnes, actually they got, like Barnes Triple Shock, Shock X have more penetration, so, yeah, so you win. You win. Uh, so before before we go, we'll uh, we'll get have our producer get your address and information. But uh, real quick, where where do you plan on going pheasant hunting? 
I'm hunting some public land up around the Thrasa Marsh area. Okay. Uh, now, do you expect a, a lot of people out there, a lot of crowds, or, or what do you expect out there? Well, usually on the weekends there's more crowds. You know, they plant birds. Usually the first uh, three weeks they plant about twice a week. I'm hoping they put them out last night and, you know, we can get on some birds this morning. There's there's a couple other guys sitting next to me and some guys up the road a little ways. But, you know, what do you expect? I mean, guys want to get out. It looks like it's going to be a great morning to do some hunting. Now, does the dog, can the dog <laughs> sense what's going on? Is, is the dog all excited? Oh, yeah, the dog's real excited. She knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've talked to... a lot of fun. I mean, you know, pheasant hunting with the dog, that's all the all the fun of it is having the dog, watching the dog work, and, uh, you know, putting the birds up. That's what, a fun thing. What, now, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Okay. Okay, because I just started getting into pheasant hunting with some buddies a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm learning kind of some guys that like the flushers, some like the uh, the the pointers, uh, but I I really I really like those uh, like the uh, labs. I've been hunting over some labs, so it's a lot of fun. So we'll let you get going there, but good luck to you guys. I hope you guys nail some. Yeah, good luck All there. Right, well, thank you, Mark. Oh, right, hold, hold on, hold on. Hold we'll on, get, John, your we'll information. get your information. Okay. You betcha. All right. Okay. The Hornschwaga was brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. If you want to find out all the different things they have, just go to Bucky'sMeats.com. Yeah, Bucky'sMeats.com. You want to go to McGuanago. That's right. Go to Bucky's. Stop out there and say right hi to... Right off 43. Say hi to Dave and his sons. Maybe his wife will be there working. Jalapeno cheddar hot sticks and yeah. geese, goose. Yeah, geese. Yeah, hey, Danny, thumbs up I, on that, eh? I'm looking for your article. I got Dan Bush Outdoors, but it says no re- results. All right, hold on one second. He's uh, totally, totally off there. At, at, you know what? At, at the break, we'll help you. Come over here and check right. it out. All right, okay. take now, us the break. Yeah, well, we got about it. We can go ahead. No, all right. The boss says we can go ahead. It's our producer. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you're listening to John Lehman, Dan Bush, Tommy the True Newbauer, Greg Jenick will be coming up with his update in just a second. We are the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, uh, coming to you live from the Interstate Heating Studios, and we are presented by Interstate Heating out there in Sussex. Stay tuned for more on 105.7 FM, The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.